Hey lovely, you're listening to the She Dreams All Day podcast with your gal pal and fellow introvert, Mia Brox. That's me, by the way. This is a safe space for all introverts and dreamers looking to realize their dreams of shining online with confidence so they can build a dreamy online business, make an impact in the world, and that ka-ching while being 100% themselves and having fun in the process. And around here, the introvert hangover is of course sold separately. I'm all about empowering you to step into your superpower and become quietly confident online. I'm also about Friends, the TV show, chocolate, milk chocolate, and coffee with cream. And just so you know, quiet people can do amazing things because we totally can. So get ready to feel inspired, learn, laugh out loud, and let's be alone together, have an honest chat about how cool introverts are as we dive into today's episode. Hey, lovely. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've done an amazing interview. In today's episode, we have an amazing guest, someone I have been wanting to speak to since, well, honestly, since I started my little secret blog. I have been following this person for many, many years, and I'm so, so excited to be able to sit down with her today and talk about how to not let perfectionism hold you back in business. And that's right. I'm talking about the amazing Sam Laura Brown. So if you don't know who Sam Laura Brown is, she is an amazing perfectionism coach, host of the top rated podcast, The Perfectionism Project, and founder of the group coaching program, Perfectionists Getting Shit Done. And I just love what she creates so, so much. And she really doesn't hold back in this episode. She is just pouring her heart out value-wise. And it was such a treat. It was, yes, it was a yummy treat to talk to her. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. Without further ado, cue the amazing interview with Sam Laura Brown, everybody. Sam Laura Brown, welcome to the She Dreams All Day show. I am so excited to have you here. So excited. I'm going to tell you a little story afterwards, but welcome. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. So I have to be completely honest. I have been following your content since like day one, since like for a long time. And I really resonated with you and your story because I know you started your Smart 20s blog and back in 2013, was it? It was a long yeah. time ago, like yeah, 10 years ago. Now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know that you were also struggling with telling other people about it and, you know, kind of doing it in secret. And that's my exact story as well. I started my blog in secret. I was so worried about what other people thought. And so seeing you, you know, become who you are now and have created all these amazing things, it was really, really inspiring uh, for me. And it really helped me to get out of my own way and to show up as well. So full circle moment. I feel like this is a total (laughs) full circle moment, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you today. So I just wanted to share that little story with you. Love <laughs> that. Girl yeah, I think, over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that um, just to speak to that briefly, uh, that we can get into it, of course, if you'd like to. But a lot of people, like when I was starting, I don't have, I don't really consider myself a blogger anymore. And I'm not talking about smart 20 stuff, but um people talk about, you know, your first readers are going to be your family and friends. And for me, I was like, no, thank you. I wanted it to be complete strangers on the internet. I do not want it to be family and friends. Um, So I'm glad that 
my story gave you some comfort and empowerment. And yeah, I think it's helpful to hear other people not feeling confident to share it with family and friends and yet still being able to be successful. Yes. I'm like, mom, please don't. I, I didn't even tell my partner. <laughs> I didn't tell my sister. I would, because people say like, oh, your first reader is going to be your mom. Like you said, I'm like, no, I, I pray and hope that she will not find my blog <laughs> and Google me. Like I was very, this is not something that will ever go on my personal Facebook profile. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just found your whole story to be super inspiring and I resonated with it so deeply. So I'm so excited to have you here. And for anyone who doesn't know you yet, I'm sure they do though, but would you be willing to share a little bit about who you are, your story and how you specifically got into perfectionism because you are the perfectionism queen. So I want to know, I'm curious to know how you got into that. Like that's, you know, that's your thing. Yeah. So at the moment, like where I am now is that I help perfectionist entrepreneurs get out of their own way and do their most important business tasks in a consistent, sustainable, productive, and courageous way. And that has been an evolution to get to where I am. And as you mentioned, I started blogging in 2013. I was talking about how to make the most of your 20s. I started that blog when I was 22. And I didn't know at that time that I was a perfectionist, even though the tendencies around perfectionism, we can talk about them. They were definitely there throughout my schooling and throughout my life, but because of the way that people tend to talk about perfectionism, I hadn't identified myself that way. And so anyway, when I started my blog, which I got the courage to do from listening to podcasts, which is why I love podcasts so much and having my own, um, that I got the courage to start. And then I just was so in my own way about it. As you mentioned, I didn't tell friends or family, like I was adamant that they wouldn't find out. I felt so ashamed and embarrassed about like thinking that I could even contribute something in that way. It felt so real and authentic to me, even though at the time I was just like sharing a link to someone else's blog post and that kind of thing. I wasn't really even sharing an opinion or a stance or like his, you know, the kind of stuff that I shared today where it's like, here's what I recommend doing. Um, and yet I still felt so vulnerable in that. So I would, I really just thought I had a motivation problem and I would constantly fall off the wagon with like creating content and I would edit things that were already published. And that went on for a few years of me trying to solve this motivation problem that I had and trying to be consistent. And once I started learning from people like Brene Brown, Carol Dweck, and really understanding about perfectionism and what it really is and how it shows up in business and then piecing together different ways to get into a growth mindset. We could talk about that as well um, as that being the way to release your perfectionism. And so as I piece that together and shared my own journey with that and began coaching and really just finding so many other people resonating with the way that I talked about it and my experiences with it and being able to help so many people. And then that's just continued to grow. So now I have a podcast, The Perfectionism Project. I have a group coaching program, Perfectionist Getting Shit Done. So yeah, it's been really just me being my first client and kind of going through that pain in a really acute way myself and then helping others with the tools that I've learned and how I've, I've pieced things together to work for my perfectionist mind that seems to work for other people's brains as well. I love that. And I love that your 
your journey is very much based on your own story and that just makes you, I think, more relatable and authentic in what you do and what you teach. And I'm sure you'll, you're able to help your students and clients get through perfectionism or have dealing with it in a better way, knowing that you have come from where you've come from. And, you know, so that's really, really, really inspiring. So there's so much that I want to dig into. Like you said, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. I want to talk <laughs> about all the things, but let's start with like the basics. So why am I doing quotation marks? You can't see me, but whatever. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people have a misconception around what perfectionism really is, you know, myself included. I I used to think it was just these perfect people doing perfect things, these high achievers. And I wasn't one of them because I wasn't perfect, you know? Um, and so I would love for you to speak to that a little bit about what exactly perfectionism is. Sure. So yeah, as you mentioned, there are so many misconceptions around it, either us thinking that perfectionists are actually people who manage to do things perfectly. So for example, when I started my blog, I was like, well, for sure, I'm not a perfectionist because if I was, I would be posting exactly on time. I'd be like super prepared with everything and like just kind of thinking about it, like being neat and organized and that kind of thing. The other way that we tend to think about perfectionism as a society is that, you know, it's that cute thing you say in a job interview of like, oh, what's your biggest weakness? Oh, I'm a perfectionist. And also with that as well, that a lot of people talk about it being this toxic thing that I think is really important for us not to think about it in that way. Because if we think, oh, now I have this, you know, this toxic mindset, it doesn't help us actually change our mindset. And we only end up feeling more ashamed, which only puts us more in that perfectionist mindset. So when it comes to what perfectionism is, I love the Brene Brown quote, that when we're in that perfectionist belief, we're really believing that if we do everything perfectly and look perfect, we can avoid shame, judgment, and blame. And therefore that it really is just a strategy to avoid the feeling of shame. A lot of people talk about perfectionism being about fear of judgment, fear of failure. Um, and it really is about the fear of the shame and like the abandonment, and like that kind of next layer of emotion that yes, we might feel that feeling when we're rejected, when we fail, when we're abandoned, but it's that fear of the feeling of shame and us not feeling capable of being with shame and processing shame and coming out the other side of shame and also having a lot of shame already about inadequacies and and thinking that we're not good enough, that the shame feels like too much to bear because we already have so much of it. And so when it comes to the way that perfectionism often manifests, it can be with being overprepared and that side of things for sure. A lot of times it really is about, um, and I talk about the five signs of it, of perfectionism being procrastination, overwhelm, burnout, all or nothing mindset, and people-pleasing. And that a lot of times those are just ways that we withhold giving a full effort because it feels so vulnerable to give our full effort and potentially find out that our best might not be good enough. And we perfectionists also love for the most part being productive and like we want to be productive and organized. So when it comes to procrastination, it tends to be things like procrastinating, learning, procrastinating research, over-preparing, for example, um, doing busy work. And yeah, there's just so many ways that 
when we're in this perfectionist mindset, we're either kind of in the all side of the all or nothing mindset where we're kind of overworking and overdoing things. And then we go into the nothing side where we're kind of, that's when we're like falling off the wagon and we're like ghosting our followers and doing things like that. And then kind of going back and forth between the two. And really with perfectionism, it's about getting into the growth mindset rather than being in a fixed perfectionist mindset. So we can talk more about that. I think it's a really important piece because people then say, well, just don't be a perfectionist about like, don't you know, perfectionism is toxic and here's how it's going to kill your business. And it's, I'm so passionate about what I do because there needs to be more nuance to that conversation, more practicality, because once we can have a word for it. And I think like, I, I don't talk about being a recovering perfectionist. I just talk about perfectionism, releasing your perfectionism handbrake and getting into a, a growth mindset because it's so much easier to do that than if you have this toxic mindset that you shouldn't be in and it's going to kill your business and you need to get out of it ASAP and all of that. It just really isn't helpful and to just say like oh done is better than perfect like it needs to go beyond that so yeah that's what I help people with and that's what I talk about when it comes to perfectionism because there's not nearly enough nuance and depth around the conversation that we have about it oh I love that so many things so many things that I want to get into I first of all resonated a lot with well actually before I thought perfectionism was just just one thing you want it to be perfect but there's so many layers and I love that you said that um what was it you said this is a blooper by the way because now I'm like you said so many amazing things and now I keep it in (laughs) I'm like should I make notes I don't know (laughs) she's saying all these amazing things it's a strategy to avoid shame and also (laughs) that a lot of times it's about perfectionism is less about doing things perfectly and it's more about avoiding imperfection that's something that a lot of times when we're procrastinating it's because we're trying to avoid doing something imperfectly and when we're overwhelmed we're overwhelming ourselves so we don't have to show up and potentially do the thing we need to do imperfectly Yeah, I think that's so true for entrepreneurs you know the thing you said about effort not being willing to put in the effort because if we do and it doesn't work, then we're going to feel shame and we're going to think it's not working and we're not meant to have a business and people are never going to, you know, resonate with our message and follow us and all of these things. Like I totally resonate with that. And so for me, when I started my little secret blog back in the day, that was a huge thing for me. Like I would not put in as much effort or I would like leave things at the last minute because I was so like, just realizing this now it was perfectionism because I didn't want to feel that shame. You know, I'm just like realizing things as you're talking, you're totally coaching me. (laughs) (laughs) But I also love what you said about perfectionism, not being this toxic thing that we have to overcome. You know, it's, it's okay for it to be a part of us, but then maybe you can share some you know, practices or things that we can do to, to better deal with it. And like, so we can make progress on our goals and our dreams and for it to not hold us back and to, yeah. So it's not like this, we're not broken just because we're perfectionists and have perfectionistic tendencies, but yeah, I just, I just love the way that you, you put that. I think that's really, really, 
really great for people to to realize that you're not broken just because you're a perfectionist and it's not something that you're born with or whatever, you know? So I, I love that. So how can, how can people make progress? How can we take action? I think for introverts in business specifically, it's hard sometimes to even get started on the business itself, but also like creating consistent content and really showing up online as ourselves. I think, I think without knowing it, I think we self-sabotage a little bit, you know, we get in our heads and we overthink that's like our specialty, you know, or yeah. analyze everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, if there's, there's any advice that you have around that, that would be amazing. Yeah. I think if we can talk about the growth mindset yes. to begin with, because a lot of people to that kind of question will say things like, okay, well, you know, just remember you don't have to do it perfectly. And just get started. And it's like, okay, get, but what if I know that? And yet I'm still not doing it. And that's who I help. That's who I talk to. It's like, (laughs) you're smart, you know, the things, um, but you're just not doing them. So if we can talk about the growth mindset, because when we get into that mindset or closer to that mindset, it's not all or nothing. We don't need to be all the way in it. But when we have more growth minded thoughts, we're able to do the things that we need to do because we have more emotional safety around showing up. And I teach power planning. It's a planning method that like really embodies all the things that go into creating a growth mindset. So you can just focus on planning that way and it like gets you into that mindset. So we can talk as well, but just in terms of like, what is the growth mindset? Because I don't know if people listening here that like, for sure, this is what I thought for sure. I'm in a growth mindset because I love personal development books. I love like coaching and all of those things. And so the first time I heard about it and times after that, I was like, oh, done. I'm in the growth mindset. Like, so I don't know what the problem is, but really understanding what that actually is, is so helpful. So Carol Dweck talks about this, these are terms that she created, the growth mindset and then the fixed mindset. So perfectionists are in the fixed mindset and we want to be working towards a growth mindset. So when we're in the growth mindset, that's when we're believing that our intelligence, our talents, um, our skills that can all be improved upon with effort and with practice. And that's something I think most perfectionists would say they believe in, like that you can improve things. But what happens is that like when you're in the growth mindset, you actually live by the mantra that it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. That shows up in your actions and the way that you're willing to meet a challenge and like when something unexpected happens or when, you know, you try something and it doesn't work instantly, instead of going into despair and disappointment, you go into like, oh, this is great. I get to solve for this. And I wonder how I'm going to figure this out. Like, it's really about thinking with this, how it's showing up in your actions, because we tend to intellectualize things and think like, I know about this mindset. I understand that you have to fail in order to succeed but it's about looking at how are you actually living when we're in that perfectionist fixed mindset and more towards that end of the spectrum. And by the way, we can be in different, like different places on that spectrum in different areas of life. So it might be in business, someone's more perfectionistic. And then in other areas, there might be a hobby where someone's very growth minded and they're willing to like, just try things and like, you know, do whatever. And it it doesn't feel so attached to their self-worth and identity. 
But when it comes to being in that fixed mindset, that perfectionist mindset, which is just coming from our present day thoughts, it's like, it's, we want to try and get to the root to it, but just like remembering they might be familiar thoughts, but they're coming from the thoughts that you're having today, these perfectionist tendencies. And that means we're able to, to change them and to do that by changing the way that we're thinking. So in that fixed mindset, we actually live by the mantra that it's better to not try than it is to fail. And so we get very creative about ways that we don't try. We wait for the perfect time. We bounce from idea to idea. We have like that shiny object syndrome. We do all sorts of things to avoid not trying. And so ironically, what can happen is, and this is like a lot of the people that I help, is that they're burned out because they feel like they really are giving such a full effort to trying to get their business off the ground um, and trying to grow it to that next level. But then we're putting effort into the things that don't really matter so much because it feels so vulnerable to actually like do the things that we know are important and we know we need to do and might require a bit more courage in doing them. So we're like not fully trying and we're living by a mantra that it's better to not try than it is to fail. And we're doing that because effort feels like a sign of inadequacy. If we're putting an effort, we are equating that with that we're lacking natural ability, natural intelligence. A lot of times where this mindset will come up is that we have been praised for being smart and intelligent when we were growing up and we began to connect like, oh, so I'm loved because I do things that are smart. And a lot of times if we're like, oh, I need to you know, do the smart thing, do the responsible thing, follow the rules and that kind of mentality is because we've attached our lovability with being smart. And then obviously when you start a business, you have to do so many things that might not work. You have to do things you've never done before. No one's telling you like, you know, here's the criteria and just tick these boxes and it'll work. Like we often try to look for that. Like just, I would just want someone to tell me the right strategy and then I can do it and it'll yes, work. Yes. <laughs> it's not how business works. And no. we like kind of take this, this mindset that we have in school of like, just put your head down and follow the rules and like meet the criteria and you'll get an A. It doesn't work in business. And so it tends to, for a lot of people I help it, it really tends to be manageable, their perfectionism when they're in school and like they're burned out and they're not having the best time, but they're still doing well. And then when it comes to business (laughs) where it's a different paradigm and we try and bring that mindset we had that worked in school, it doesn't work so well. And we end up burned out and not successful, or if we are successful, we're incredibly resentful of the business and it's just not sustainable at all. Um, But when we're in that fixed mindset, we're really thinking that our self-worth and productivity and success are like all very connected. And that's part of the reason it feels so vulnerable and unsafe to give a full effort. So we can talk about practically speaking beyond that, what to do, but it's really important for anyone just to take away from this, that It's not about like intellectually just understanding done is better than perfect, but really doing the things that need to be done to get yourself into a growth mindset. So you're more resilient. So you're more resourceful. So you're more courageous. So you have ultimately more emotional safety around putting in a full effort and then showing up and all of that just happens so much more easily than if we try and keep the same perfectionist thoughts and force ourselves to show up in a different way that we end up just, that's why it's only sustainable for a couple of weeks. And then we just give up on it completely. 
And so we're motivated again. (laughs) Yeah, that is so, so helpful. I love that explanation. I, I think for a lot of people, when they don't know where they are on the spectrum, it's, it's, it's hard to do anything about it. Right. So I'm guessing like the first step of getting to the good place, getting to the growth mindset is to gain that awareness of how you actually live your life. Like the way your mindset is and not just intellectually understanding that, Ooh, the growth mindset sounds like me, but it's not actually like, I totally feel called out a little bit here because (laughs) I love personal development and I am all about that. So I have the growth mindset, like you said as well. And so but sometimes, you know, I'm going to fall into the all or nothing mindset. Um, no, the fixed mindset, sorry. But uh, yeah, so what would be, how do we get to the good place? Like I'm guessing awareness is the start maybe. Yeah. And then what do we do then? Like, yeah, how do we well, move? if I may, I want to offer as well, it's not the good place. And I think oh. that <laughs> if we, <laughs> if we kind of like put it on this pedestal, which I get it, I do things like that as well, but I think we sometimes have this habit of like, okay, well, if I can just get to that good place, then, you know, everything will Mm. be great and whatever. The reality is like, we're still going to be a human there with all the emotions, including shame and not to deter anyone from doing this work, but it's so much harder to do again. It's like kind of saying like the good place and like, yeah, perfectionism isn't toxic, but that's a good place. It's like, well, actually it's okay. Wherever you are on that spectrum. Yes, for sure having self-awareness around it definitely can help, but it needs to be self-awareness without judgment and without telling ourselves, well, now I'm self-aware and so I can change it because this isn't good where I am and I need to be somewhere better. To really understand that we're not doing this work on perfectionism because we're broken, we need fixing, we're damaged because it's toxic. It's really like, this mindset actually isn't a problem and it would be more helpful in different ways to be in a growth mindset. We're probably going to enjoy running our businesses more. We're probably going to be able to actually take time off and enjoy that more and all those different things. But if we frame it as like, it's bad here and it's good there, then it it just kind of perpetuates that perfectionist thinking in a way of like, I just need to get to that better place. Um, and then we just end up kind of like spending our whole lives trying to get to the good place and missing the point that we're already in the good place. And then we can change just because we want to, not because we have to. So good. Because then we're just going to feel shame again about where we currently are. So it's like yeah, the, the evil circle of life. Um, okay. So, but <laughs> I can talk about like how to actually do it, but I just wanted to mention that because yeah. it's a very common thing that when people hear about this, they're like, oh shit, I'm a perfectionist I mm. and I shouldn't be here. And I like, like now I know what the problem is. I have to like solve it overnight. And it's like, well, actually the more you can hold space for yourself with where you are currently and your current mindset, the easier it is to get into the growth mindset. And that's actually the growth minded thing to do is to be growth minded about the perfectionist side of things as well. So when it comes to the practical steps to get into a growth mindset and what that looks like. So there are many different things that can go into that and different things like, for example, process praise, which is when you are praising yourself, not just for the results. So say if with your business, you have a certain goal, say you're doing a promotion or a launch or something like that, 
and you have a goal and you hit the goal and then you're like, okay, well now I can feel good about myself and proud about myself and accomplished, but praising yourself for showing up, for doing the courageous things, for putting in a full effort. That doesn't mean for burning yourself out. We tend to equate like if I'm putting in a full effort, that means I'm overworking and overthinking and burning myself out and not taking a break. But when we're actually doing it in the courageous way, we're keeping things simple, we're focusing just on what matters, we're willing to say no to things that aren't important, even though we really want to tinker with them. And we're taking time off, even though that can feel uncomfortable sometimes and giving our brain the chance to recharge. So there's different things like that. But what I teach is a planning process, as I mentioned, called power planning that includes um, three steps that really like just get you into the growth mindset. And within it, it's part of, these are the steps to plan properly as a perfectionist, follow through 80% of the time, rest without guilt and repeat. And when you're doing that, which will have you doing the most important tasks in your business in a consistent, sustainable, productive, and courageous way, that it automatically is getting you into a growth mindset without you having to be consciously reminding yourself of like, oh, I need to praise myself for this, or I need to do that. Like it's all built into that process so that you can just use that to manage your time and manage yourself and grow your business and have yourself doing it in a more courageous and effective way. Yeah. I would love for you to speak about that a little bit more because I was going to ask you about your guilt-free clean rest strategy because I love that so much. And I think for introverts, especially in business, we need the energy to show up and create. Everybody needs the energy, but like specifically for us, we need to recharge. We need to feel good and rest and still feel good about resting without feeling guilty. So I would love for you to speak to that a little bit more about how we can implement um, the guilt-free rest and actually feel rested (laughs) because it's not easy. (laughs) There's always something to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And when it comes to business, especially, and when you're the boss, And you don't have someone telling you, okay, time to clock off, like everything's done or like, you know, let's space things out so you have enough time to do them that we can really get into this mentality of like, you know, I prefer to rest when everything's done. And, you know, it just happens that everything's never done, but I just, you know, I like to take things off so I can get that rest that I need. And that's obviously a vicious cycle (laughs) because we know that when we like, rest in the time that's left over there's not really much rest happening at all or it's rest that isn't restorative so we're just like scrolling or just doing things that that don't actually help us perform and think at our highest level when we are working so there's a lot I can say around like clean rest and the importance of that and how to do it but something I would I think is is very important and I talk a lot about planning properly as a perfectionist and if anyone's interested in that I recommend going to my podcast, The Perfectionism Project, because I I talk about that a lot over there. Um, But it's really about setting yourself up and planning in a way that works for your perfectionist mindset. And a lot of perfectionists, we follow advice that doesn't actually work with the mindset that we have. And so, for example, a lot of perfectionists work from to-do lists and we love to-do lists. The longer, the better. We love that feeling of ticking it off and like, oh, I have another idea and I'll add it. And I have a list for this and a list for that. Oh my God, so many lists, so many lists. (laughs) (laughs) All the lists. And we love like writing and rewriting them and like, you know, making them pretty and doing all these different things with the list. And I get it. I love lists. 
But unfortunately, it just doesn't work for our perfectionist mindset. It doesn't help us to get into a growth mindset. And so when it comes to having clean rest, a very important piece of that is when we're power planning. And part of that is like that involves working from a digital calendar in a way that really supports your mindset. It's not restrictive. It's not rigid. It's about like making your plans tweaking them throughout the week, doing a review to reflect on what's working and what isn't. But you need to schedule in your rest before you schedule in your business tasks. And that can feel like the most impossible thing in the world sometimes when we're like, I don't have enough time for my business as it is, let alone adding in rest. But it's really, really important that the rest goes in the calendar first. And I recommend adding a little more than you feel comfortable with. And there's going to be a bit of a void and there's going to be a bit of guilt still. Like your brain will be like, we should be being more productive. And I don't even know what I like to do for fun. So this is just a complete waste of time. And I should just be doing the work because it needs to be done. And I don't even like this rest. Oh my God, this so is me. <laughs> yeah. What are so my hobbies? No- <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> so it's knowing that there's going to be that discomfort if we haven't been practicing rest or if we've only really done that in a way where we feel resentful and guilty and like those kind of feelings for the majority of the time, especially if we're resting alone. A lot of us, you know, if we're going out with friends and family or have commitments with others, we're like, okay, well, that's fair. But if I'm by myself, I should be working is kind of the mentality that we have. So if you are putting in rest first, And then, and like commitments that you have. And then after that, scheduling in the time for your business, looking at needle movers, the most important tasks, the ones that are going to actually move the business forward. There's not going to be enough time in your calendar to like put everything from your long to-do list in there. Hmm. And so a lot of people are like, but how do I fit that to-do list in the calendar? And the answer is you don't because your to-do list is going to have a lot of busy work on it. It's going to have like such a mixture of like, you know, a task you want to do three months from now or like one from three months ago that you, you know, you don't even want to do, but you should do it because everyone else is doing it or you told yourself you would or whatever. So it just keeps moving from list to list to list. Like we just, we can be very lazy with our thinking. Like it allows us to be lazy with our thinking when we're working from a to-do list because we don't have to take that extra mental energy to really figure out, okay, like what actually is important if I only have 20 hours or three hours or whatever to work on my business, what are the things I actually need to do? We love thinking like, I'm just so busy. I just need to start working on something. And that's when like when we're in that perfectionist mindset, we tend to choose the easy things, the familiar things, the things that are probably going to involve learning something, researching something, like looking at what everyone else is doing. Like, and it feels, this is where it, like, it feels so exhausting to do that. And then we get into this sense of like, I'm behind because we're not actually doing the things that matter, but we feel like we're putting in so much effort. And then that can really create a lot of despair and disappointment and that whole thing. So when it comes to getting that clean rest, I call it resting without guilt. It's really about putting that in your calendar. And I recommend power planning. A lot of people like different to time blocking where people like, Oh no, that like, that didn't work for me because I could just never keep up with it. Like, yeah, because you weren't planning in a way that actually works for your perfectionist mindset. 
So again, I recommend checking out my podcast for more about that. But when it comes to it, you have to put the clean rest in first and your brain won't want to. My brain still, like I've been practicing clean rest since 2014. I started like figuring out that it was important. (laughs) And my brain is still like, oh no, we need to work. Like it's going to take time, but I have so much more comfort around it now. And I haven't burnt out now in about four or five years because I've been able to incorporate that clean rest and I'm making so much more money and having so much more success than when I first started. And I was like able to sit at my laptop for 16 hours and I just spend the whole time doing a Pinterest graphic and like <laughs> it, it was exhausting and it didn't get me anywhere. And so it's also knowing that like the more you rest, you can think at a higher level. And then when it comes time to work in your business, you're going to be able to create at a higher level. And so it's only going to make you more successful, which is why I love it. It's not like, well, rest more. And, you know, you're just going to have to get comfortable with being a little less successful in the business. It's like, no, like if you get the clean rest, you're going to be more successful. You're going to get more done in less time. And it's just, it's the thing that we don't want to hear as perfectionists is that the rest is important and that it needs to be scheduled first, but it's, it's such an important thing. And I could preach about it all day long. Yes, please do. (laughs) Um, I think like for me, this is definitely something I need to implement, you know, scheduling rest, because this is something I've struggled with since the beginning, because, you know, when I was working a full-time job and working on my business on the side, like any minute I would get any spare moments of time, I would be working. And so I've kind of brought that with me now, even though I'm not in the nine to five and I own my own time and everything's wonderful, but like, I still have a hard time switching off because there's always something I could do. And I think for me, it's just, well, what do I do? And then during that resting time, do I just watch friends all day or like, do I watch Grey's Anatomy during, you know, like, what do I actually want to do? But that's like, I need to figure that out. But, but yeah, so good. So thank you so much for sharing. And I think that you have, we'll, we'll definitely link to your podcast, but I believe you have a planning series on your website. Yeah, we just, yeah, there's a planning series on my website that if people go in and watch that, it kind of covers the steps of power planning in that um, covers the basics so that people can, um, yeah, can understand that and start using it. And um, I just want to mention too, with the clean rest that sometimes we can, as you mentioned, being like, what do I even like doing in that clean rest? But to not overthink like, is this clean rest or not, but to just decide like there's business time and there's non-business time which one am I in right now and then as you get more practice at it you can be like okay well this time is like my rest time and then this is time I'm you know spending with my child or this is time that I'm whatever but for me even still like I really just think about it like I know exactly when my work day ends I get now like such a sense of satisfaction from like when I say to my husband like I'm finishing at 4 30 and I walk out of my office at 4 30 and I'm and everything's done and I've put everything away. And like it's just it that never used to happen. It was like five more minutes. Yep, just five. I like he just like, okay, you're gonna be two hours and that's fine. And I'll just accommodate that. But um, yeah, it's just knowing that it's not to overthink it, but to just say, okay, when is my kind of like you know, if you're at a job, it's like this is when you're at what hopefully 
this is when you're working. This is when you're not working. Because a lot of entrepreneurs say like, it'd be easier if I just had a, you know, a job and then you know, your boss tells you you have to go home and you can't work and whatever. But we can, we don't have to be in this mindset of like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I work for myself. So of course it's blurry and I'm between personal life and business. And I'm like, you know, working and doing loads of laundry at the same time. Like, actually, no, you can just say, this is my work. This is my non-work time. And then manage your mind and like get the support around like what comes up from sticking to that. But yeah, just to distinguish work time, non-work time and scheduling the non-work time first and then prioritize the rest based on how much time you have left, which is going to feel uncomfortable, but yeah, it needs to be done. Because <laughs> I guess it's, it's for me, I'm just thinking like, if I'm going to do this, I'm probably, it's easy to fall into a perfectionistic mindset again during the clean yeah. rest because you're like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this perfectly? Like, am I resting just you know, yeah, and I need to I'm do the perfect to. thing, the perfect yeah. activity in my rest time. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's gonna come up, and it's just knowing as well. Like, I think a lot of us put rest on this pedestal as well. Of like, when I'm rested, I should be feeling like recharged, and I should be feeling like rested and inspired, and whatever kind of feelings we associate with it. And a lot of times when I'm getting my clean rest, like half the time I'm feeling like blah, like I'm just feeling kind of like, you know, in a funk or like I'm wasting my time or whatever. But I've, I've tried the, the alternative, which is to just work all the time and like not actually distinguish between the two and not explore who I am outside of the business. That didn't work. And so it's like, okay, well now I, I just need to learn how to get comfortable with not feeling hundred percent during my rest time. Like not having that always just be this amazing experience of like thinking, you know, I should feel how I'd feel if I was on a holiday at the beach and just like, oh, like enjoying my time off. Like a lot of the time you, you're not going to feel amazing and that's okay. And that's not a, like, we then are like, well, I may as well work because we just want to avoid being with ourselves when we're not feeling amazing. And it helps you, like when we talk about creating emotional safety in your business, if you can create emotional safety around rest, where it feels safe to rest, and this is part of the reason we do it, it feels safe to take time away. It only creates safety for you emotionally when you're in your business and makes it so much easier to show up fully because you're untangling your self-worth from how you're feeling and if you're feeling in a good mood and you're untangling it from being successful and being productive and being organized and yeah it's some of the most important work we can do as perfectionists um, and some of the most uncomfortable as well we want to be working all the time that feels so much easier than to be resting because we love our work as well like when we're entrepreneurs so it's hard it's really hard yeah when I started it when I started actually, and this is when, before I was full-time in my business and I felt like I had no time as it was to work on my business. I was like, I'm going to take a full day off every weekend. Like I'm not allowed to work on the business. And the people I was telling in my life, were like, but you love your business. Like you love what you do. And I was like, yeah, doesn't mean I should do it 24 seven. There's a lot of things I love doing just because I love it. Doesn't mean I need to be doing it all of the time. And yeah, I think it's it's really important to make that distinction of like, because I love what I do, I respect myself enough and my brain enough to give myself the rest so I can do it fully. 
Yes. So good. So there's, I know it's like 450 now, so it's way past <laughs> your work time. So I want to be mindful of it, but there is just one thing, if I may ask you, Yeah. since we kind of shared the, not the same story, but like we dealt with the same mindset blocks in the beginning, you know, worrying a lot about what other people thought. And I know this is the case for a lot of introverts in business. And I'm just wondering how you navigated that. And if you have any tips for anyone currently struggling with fear of judgment and people pleasing yeah well obviously there's a lot to yes <laughs> around that I'm just thinking about <laughs> what would be most helpful I think for me like first of all as I kind of mentioned at the top like letting it be okay that I wasn't the person who felt in that moment confident enough to tell other people about it what and like letting not judging myself for that because as I mentioned like I I really felt like an extra layer of shame about well everyone else is like telling their friends and family and I don't even want to tell them so what does that mean about me and just like letting it be okay like I I began thinking of it instead like I just kind of need to nurture this in private while I'm you know building up my strength and then when I'm ready so to speak, I can start sharing it with people. And of course, what happened when I did was that they were all, at least my face, very supportive and like all of that. But I had just been projecting all of my insecurities onto them. And I really felt like if anyone so much as said like, what's a blog? Or like, why do you think you can do that? I would have shut the whole thing down. Like I, it just felt so fragile. And so I just gave myself the space to nurture it in private and let it be okay that that was my story and that I hadn't heard too many other people sharing that kind of thing but like okay I'm just gonna like do this quietly over here by myself and then I'm going to as I get more confidence in it then I'm going to share it um so that was helpful but I think as well like just when it comes to fear of judgment and obviously I'm a human being I still have that going on for myself to some degree that whenever I'm like finding myself in that, I really reflect on as much as I can, where am I already believing that and like changing my beliefs around it and doing that work. And a lot of times we can kind of be entitled to people who love us, believing in us and having them believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. But a lot of times too, what happens is like, if we are coming across very doubtful and insecure, say like, you know, I have this business and blah, blah, blah. Like I've, we might not even be saying like, I'm not sure if it'll work, but like the way we're approaching it and if they can see like, you know, how much time we're putting into it or that we said we'd do something and then we're not doing something um, or just the energy we have, like people tend to pick up on those things that they're like, they want us to succeed and do well and they have their own insecurities too. So they're going to be like, oh, you know, maybe like, you should stick to your job or like they might say things like that because they're taking our lead and so I like to think about it like if I'm the one setting the tone what work do I need to do on my own beliefs so that a if they are in disbelief that I have so much belief in myself that that doesn't even bother me because they're saying something I don't believe is true so it's not going to sting when like something stings it's because we believe it as well (laughs) and a lot of times we're like no it's like that's not true at all but like we do have a thought that that's true yeah when it hurts so looking at like when there is some judgment that we do actually get from others 
lot of times we fear it and it never comes, but if we do actually get it to look at like, okay, like what's going on there in my brain. And the same thing, if we're scared of judgment, like being so much more specific about that, because for me, like I had this generalize it tends to be fear of judgment what will they think kind of thing going on and then when I actually dug deeper it actually wasn't that at all and it was for me like the fear that if I went all in on my business then it wouldn't be successful and then that would put strain on my relationship with my now husband and then he would leave like that was actually under it but it was when I was just looking at oh it's this generalized like, oh, I'm scared of, you know, my colleagues at work laughing at me or like what this high school friend who follows me on Instagram is going to think or whatever that I couldn't actually do anything about. It. And I was kind of just indulging in this like fear of judgment and people pleasing by like not really sharing things or sharing like this diminished kind of downgraded version of what I wanted. And yeah, it's just like looking at like, okay, maybe I'm not actually scared of judgment and there's something else going on. Like if that were true, what else might be going on? So that's some of the things that have been helpful for me, but just always looking at like, what am I scared that they're going to think? Because that's what I'm thinking. And so then I can do my work on changing my thinking and like setting the tone and leading the way instead of expecting others should just be outwardly supportive to me all the time. Like it's hard to do that. We know that because it's hard to do it even for ourselves. And so just kind of dropping that entitlement of like that person should be more supportive or whatever it is. Um, And just recognizing if it's before the point where you're even going to tell people about things, like what am I scared they will think and how can I do the work myself so that I'm not thinking that anymore because then we stop projecting it onto everyone else. Yeah. Cause I guess what it all comes down to is ourselves, right? Because when we fear other people's judgments, we're also judging because then we're making an assumption that these other people have specific thoughts about us, which might not even be true. So that's really, really helpful. And what you said about kind of peeling the onion of the surface surface level thought, like what will they think of me? What is beneath that? So I love that. So, so helpful. Sam. This has been swell. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. As I said, full circle moment. So excited to chat with you. I'm sure everyone is going to take away so much value from this episode. But if you could share where people can, you know, work with you and connect with you and what you have going on in your world, that would be amazing. And we'll leave the links in the show notes. Perfect. So yeah. For people who like listening to podcasts, I recommend that's probably the best place to find me is my podcast, The Perfectionism Project. On that note, don't go back to episode one. Just we'll start with the recent ones because <laughs> perfect all the time. Like I need to start from the beginning. I recommend like just scrolling through the recent ones, picking a, a title that jumps out at you and listening. That way you don't need to listen in order. Um, so there's that. Um, my Instagram is at Perfectionism Project. And we'll also link up in the show notes as that planning series um, where people can learn the basics of power planning. Um, And I also send out, it's called a perfectionist power up, a little two to three sentence email each day that if you can resonate with what I shared in this, you'll really enjoy it. It's just a little reminder, a little note, a little something to think about that's going to help you get out of your own way in your business. 
Amazing. Well, off you go and have some clean rest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to schedule in some clean rest for later today. It's just 9am here, but uh, thank you again so much for coming on and I'll see you soon. Thank you.